Welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner. I believe in the power of sharing our experiences and knowledge with others, and when we do, we are creating ripples of impact around us. Each week, get ready for intimate personal shares, honest, relatable conversations, aha moments, and so much more. This space was designed to create empowerment, inspiration, community, and provide guidance to elevate those around us. I am so excited to have you here. Get ready and let's start creating ripples. Hello, welcome to the Creating Ripples podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra Zahner, and today I am chatting with Liz Kruger. Liz is local to Minnesota, and she has a wonderful and empowering story to tell, and I am really excited to have her on the podcast. Liz, thanks for joining me today. So excited, and it's sunny outside, and so it's like giving me all the energy for this. I know. Thank you. This weather has been like it is such a shift. Like it's crazy in Minnesota when the sun comes out and it gets over 30, I feel it's just like this natural energy boost that even if I like want to be tired, I like can't ignore the sun when it's like March and almost 50. 100%. I'm like, this is, I'm like, if I can't be with all the people, I'm like, at least I'll have the vitamin D giving me a boost. So (laughs) yeah, I know. I feel you. I'm like, maybe this also means some outdoor COVID friendly events are on the way, which is also maybe giving me that extra energy of like (laughs) excitement. Like maybe we'll get to start getting outside again with people. Ditto. And we're going for a walk after this. So I'm, I'm excited to get that fresh air. Yes. It's definitely the best. I did a walk before and it really can like put a little pep in the step for the day. Um, well, Liz, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and your story and journey. Awesome. So I'm local to Minnesota. Like Alexandra said, I'm in the North Loop, um, which I think is like the coolest part of Minneapolis. Uh, (laughs) Love it. Um, I'm currently on a six month mat leave, which is um, also pretty amazing. I'm uh, typically in my day job. I'm the curator for Women Love America. Um, so I was doing all the community, all the events, um, all the programming with local uh, community partners and our ambassadors. And it was, uh, it just gave me so much life uh, pre-shutdown. So that's what I would do uh, for work. And then outside of that, um, again, pre-COVID, I was always at events. I was always out networking and you know, hitting up local restaurants, um, trying food. I'm a huge foodie. So my husband and I would go out to restaurants and have cocktails and do it. That was like my, our favorite hobby ever. So, um, what's your favorite restaurant? The one I'm waiting for is Bar La Grassa. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. They, like, they just announced yes. it's coming. It's coming. I know. And I'm like, and then how am I going to get a reservation when still thinks everybody's, I feel like is waiting for it, but I, I would just had this conversation last week with my like six of us close friends were like, okay, when they announce, we have to make a reservation right away. I need, I, I need that no key in my life. Like right now. Oh, I know oh. it's like, I, I could go there. I mean, we just have so many memories there too. And just like, I mean, like when you go for birthdays or like mm-hmm. our second date was there and just, I don't know. It's in walkable distance. It's one of the reasons we moved down to the North Loop because we were like, we're always going to BLG anyway. Might as well just move a couple blocks away. So oh. might've been a motivator. And my husband, it was even like, if that place closes down, I might actually shut it here. He's like, because it's one of those places that just 
it's always so great. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. Mm. yeah. So I could talk about food and <laughs> beverages all day long. I just, like, it's like, it's one of my hobbies. I'm like, I think that's a hobby going out to eat. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, yeah. And I'm, so I'm a new mom as well. Um, 10, gosh, no, 11 weeks in. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to speak in weeks uh, through my pregnancy and now <laughs> motherhood. We just talk in weeks. Uh, I know, it's like, such I'm a so weird guess. thing. It's like, wait, weeks versus months. And I feel like you do weeks for like a really long time. You're technically supposed to, but I, I have switched to a year. Not like Clara's a year. I'm like, she's a year, but I've been told I'm supposed to be saying she's like 54 weeks still. Oh yeah. I mean, just like weird to me. their own, but I like, and I get it because the development happens. So, I mean, every week there is something different. So I kind yeah. of get it now. Like, I'm like, Oh, there's a reason I think we talk in weeks because they are like so pivotal. Um, but it's confusing and I'm bad at math. So I just, <laughs> she, my daughter will forever be like the wrong age and she'll just deal with it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, as we were talking before, um, titles are, interesting to me because I feel like I'm so many things and um, I'm not really defined by one or the other I'm kind of like this eclectic person who just loves people loves community Um, now I really love being a mom I love being a wife I love being a fur baby mom Um, so it's kind of all a part of who I am Um, I've said I've been called an influencer I was in like the fitness world but I really like fashion as well I used to be a hairstylist I'm just I love all things super girly, but then I'm also a little bit like gritty as far as like the intensity of my workouts, how they used to be. Um, and now I feel like with motherhood, I've had this like new softness kind of layered in as well to myself. And um, I, you know, I talk in a baby voice all day long. So I feel like I'm now like a, <laughs> an animated. What's it? What do, I, what do I sound like again? <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like I'm a lot of things and I, I'm okay with that. Not being just one thing. Um, and that's kind of how my journey in life has been. Uh, I've never followed a linear path. I've kind of gone all over the board. Um, so yeah, now being 36, I just turned 36 past week. It's just weird. I'm closer to 40. Happy belated uh, birthday. Thank you. So I'm like, uh, I mean, every year I feel like, um, just something new and different. I don't, care about getting older I just feel like I just add more layers to who I am so it's been been kind of fun um but yeah to I guess make a long story short enough for a podcast um I grew up in Mankato Minnesota um and went to Catholic schools my whole life ended up going to Marquette University in Milwaukee for broadcasting my junior year I ended up going to Sydney Australia to study there met an Australian, of course, called my parents and told them I wasn't coming back. So I met this guy who was Australian, ended up coming back for a little bit, but graduated over there. Um, ended up working for an Australian celebrity assistant, moved back here, got, um, went back to school at Aveda for cosmetology. So I got into being a hairstylist for a while, then moved up to California, got into the fitness industry in Santa Monica while I was waiting to get recertified in California to do hair. Um, ended up moving back before that happened, got into managing fitness studios um, in Minneapolis. Then I got into a corporate sales job, started my own, own events company after that. And now I'm working for Lululemon. So again, non-linear. I always thought I was like this crazy person for not following, like, you know, going to school to be a nurse or going to do X, Y, Z, like everybody else was doing. I was kind of this 
organized chaos, but now I understand that I needed all of those skills to bring me to like where I am and the job I have now it encompasses all of that and just the community I've built around myself through doing all of those things. I feel like I know so many really great people, um, which has been so important in my life. I didn't realize how much community meant to me and having a support system and like-minded people around me. So that kind of crazy journey of life, um, with, it's been hard, I guess. We all have struggles and everything, but I think now being 36, I'm in the best place I've, I've been. I created a human and now it's on to the next chapter, I guess. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. I What I love is you are truly like a connector of all the things that you've, all the titles and roles that you've held in your life. And I think what is really cool is there is, I feel a pressure of, especially, um, our parents, it was like, they had a job and then they just like stayed in that job. And now it's like the millennials are like, we are all over the place and we bounce from one job to the next. And that's like, okay. And I think for so long it was scary. And I, I know my like family, like still like my mom, she worked as a hair stylist her entire life. And that like to see, like I've had three different jobs and she's like, that is wild to me. And, but it's like, you learn so much from all these different things and they help you. I feel to really get clear on the path that you want to be on and really discern and come to understand like your passions. And I think that's like such an important part of it is finding a career that you are passionate about versus just having a career to have a career. And it sounds like the role that you're now in, it's ties in all of your passions, especially that community piece. Yeah. And I think it's, I was just actually talking to my mom. She's here uh, visiting and helping me with Collins, but I was like, it's so crazy. Like when you go to college, you're so young. And I'm like me, 36 year old Liz is so different than Liz in her twenties. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm very much one of those people that's like, do something until you're like, you're not happy. And if you're not happy, then like figure out why and, you know, um, tie things up nicely with a bow and move on to the next thing. And so I, I just don't, I guess I don't understand it. Like, I like, it's like admirable when people can do that. But for me, I am just kind of all over the place with the different things I'm discovering about myself and people I meet to open, you know, new doors and new opportunities and open my eyes to different things. And so for me um, too, I'm a Pisces. So I feel like I'm like very like fluid with everything. Like I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that was fun. Now I'm doing the next thing. And it's never like, I'm like sad to see something end. Um, it's just like, it served me for like a specific mm-hmm. reason. Um, same with relationships. I say like before I met my husband and like all those relationships I had before him, like really like led me to knowing what I need um, as an adult and for to be a wife and to have a family and all those things. And so while it's hard while you're in it, sometimes those changes, like I just have really just tried to see everything as an opportunity is like, okay, like what's next um, and see myself change and grow. And I think that's really rewarding too. Um, but it is weird feeling different because it's some people you know are are stuck in that you know old school mindset and even my parents they're always like we knew you would like land somewhere good we were always just like a little bit worried because <laughs> you were just kind of all over the place we're, like we knew you had like the skill sets and we knew you had like the the, the drive and the work ethic but we just never knew like where you'd end up and I'm like, that's kind of fun right like <laughs> keep you on your toes <laughs> yeah exactly and you make such a good point it is so 
crazy to think about you are 18 years old and you're told to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. It's like, that is mind boggling to me. 18 is so young to make a choice like that. Like, like we should have had somebody holding our hand. <laughs> like, I know. And, are you sure? <laughs> well, right. And I think about the people that I knew that took like a gap year to go and travel or to do things and like figure it out. And at the time people were like, what are you thinking? But I look back and I'm like, they knew what the, they knew what was up. They knew they were on, <laughs> they were the ones like not crazy where the rest of us are like, yeah, I, I went in as a journalism, journalism major and I came out an exercise science degree. So it was like, totally different. And, you know, you pick a major, you start taking those classes, then all of a sudden you switch a major. Now you're taking new classes. You have to pay for all of those credits. It's like, it is crazy. (laughs) It is a really crazy thing to think about. I know I did the same thing as you. I went in as a a business uh, major was in it long enough to get the shirt that said we mean business on it so I was like yes and then I was like oh my god there's so many math classes I'm out and then I ended up doing broadcasting but then all the while I was in broadcasting they were like you better really love doing this because you'll make no money and I'm like yeah I love it you know and it's like <laughs> and now I say that Instagram now my use of my uh broadcasting degree I now have my own show yeah <laughs> I love it <laughs> When we were talking about with like the roles and how you don't, you don't have a role for yourself. One thing that was coming to mind was as we become moms, I think there's a lot of pressure of like, you're now a mom and that's your role. And that's like your soul identity. And personally, I don't believe that. I think as women, we are, there's a lot of pressure around us to be like, well, I'm a mom now, but I think that that's not true. I think that's one of the titles that we own, but we're still so many other things. Like you're still Liz and I'm still Alex and there's still very much more to us. And I would love to know kind of your thoughts around that. Yeah, I, this um, girl that I work with and she also is on Instagram, her name is Hey, it's Hey Shayla on um, Instagram. I'm not sure if you follow her, but follow her. She's another mom too. But she said once before when I was still pregnant that she said she didn't feel like a mom. She felt like Shayla with a baby. And I was like, that's so how I feel. Like, I feel like Liz, but now I have a baby. Like I, and I've said it before where I felt like I was going to have like this huge shift and I was going to feel completely different, but I, like I didn't like you, you lose yourself a little bit in the beginning, I think, just because you throw yourself so much into like recovery and taking care of this human. And so I think that it is where people do struggle, myself included, with just like, who am I? Like, what is this going to be like? Um, but I do still very much feel like myself at the core. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just, it's, it's almost weird. I'm like, I can't believe I made this human being like that, that I'm her mom. And I have to like tell myself that all the time. Like, like I'm somebody's mom now um, because I don't feel like a mom. It's like how I was 36, but I feel like I'm like 23. You know, it's like that kind of that, um, it takes a while to process it. And I think that was even like when I was pregnant, it took me a while to process that. I think I'm still processing like what it means to be a mom and like what that looks like. Because for me too, like I'm very much like big on like self-care. I've always been that I've talked about it being kind of like a, like a mental health thing for me. And so through motherhood even too, it's like, I have to still like really take care of myself and put myself first in that regard. Um, so I can show up as like a good wife and then I can also show up as a good mom. And so 
I know people have commented a lot, like on my Instagram, like, oh my gosh, like you always are like taking care of yourself or doing your hair or putting makeup on or getting a massage or getting all, you know, and it's like, that's like what keeps me sane. Mm-hmm. It like just shows up maybe differently because I'm about as girly as it comes. So it's like, I just enjoy those things. Um, but it really helps keep, keep me grounded and it's a passionate, you know, like I said, I used to be a hairstylist. So those things kind of just are therapeutic to me. And, um, but I have to take care of myself. So I keep that like business in me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I truly believe that like, I will be a better mom and I'll be a better role model for Collins like in years to come because she'll just see me being like so me and so like confident and not giving up everything um, to like conform to like mm-hmm. what I should be doing. I'm, um, and I think using my intuition through this whole process has kind of led me to that too. Like I just, I haven't really read the books. I haven't really done the classes. It's just not me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just trying to really create this authentic experience that I'm like leading um because I think it is a really special experience and I want to keep myself you know who who I've always Mm. been so yeah I love that and I think as you were talking and I've followed your journey through pregnancy to motherhood and you always show up as you and I think that is such a cool part of watching like your journey, like from afar as you've stepped into motherhood. And I think you're setting a really great example for other women because it, there is a lot of pressure of like what you should be doing. Um, but I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying of it shouldn't ever feel like you should be doing something instead, like do what is going to be, as you were putting it, like as your Lizness, or like for me, like Alex, like, what does that mean? Like, how am I going to show up as the best mom versus like doing things just because I feel like that's what society expects me to be doing. And self-care is so huge and so important for moms. And it's so easy for us to get like, kind of pushed a little bit to the side if we don't make it a priority, especially right away in the beginning. And obviously like early in postpartum, that looks different. We're recovering. If we had a vaginal birth, we're recovering. I had a C-section and that was a whole different recovery and your self-care looks different. And I love that you make that a priority because exactly what you're talking about, like that's when you're going to be the best mom, the best wife. And you're setting that example for Collins too, that she is important. And as she gets older and she gets to see her mom, like doing all these things for herself, she's going to be like, wow, my mom is a badass. Like she is doing these things for her, but she's also still taking care of me. And I think that's what it's all about is you get to decide how you want to be a mom. It should never be you doing these things because you feel like you should do them because you want to, and like create your own Liz with a baby versus like being a mom because how society tells us to be. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those things where I've just thought a lot about like, okay, it's my turn to raise a a human. Nobody's seen this like version of a human. I'm always like, Dan, it's the first model out there of Dan and Liz, like, (laughs) you know, like she's, she's brand new and fresh. And it's like my time to like form that. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with people like reading the books and doing all the things. I just think that this like she tells me every day, like what she needs. And then I get to like create this life with her. And mm. I kind of want us to be like all like, like, like a partnership. Like I hope she grows mm. up and wants to do the things that I love 
with me or, you know, she introduces me to stuff that she likes, but it's like, I feel like if I stay true to me, I think there's a lot of like power in that to, for her to like join in the fun and like, mm-hmm. it's already been creative. And, um, but yeah, I just realized that like, I oh, like doing these things now, like talking on a podcast, the mom brain thing, the blankness does like come in and out. <laughs> I didn't used to do that. Or like, you like string thoughts together and you're like, where was that going? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's all, all the time. <laughs> One of the things people don't tell you about, like I'm like, explain mom brain. This is what mom brain is. It's like you just kind of like, it it just goes white or like silent, and then you're like, can somebody bring me back to what I was? <laughs> I I um during pregnancy will do like some of the weirdest stuff. Um, I one time left my head a Prius at the time and I went into a coffee shop to work and when I came out it was on the entire time like it was just so quiet that I just didn't even realize and I was like cool cool it's fine um and then I also parked my car my husband has like a button car and I have like a turnkey car I have issues with cars apparently when I'm pregnant and I just like turned it off and like went in and worked and then I came out and it was like not in park and I was like why is it not turning on and I was like it's not in park I left it like this the whole time so I was like it's fine like it's a miracle that it started but like yeah mom brain is real it is I like we've talked about like people there's a lot of buzzwords too in like pregnancy and motherhood but like I'm always like go deeper like what does that mean Mm -hmm. because mom brain is definitely one of those and I I think we all experience it like in our different like our own Mm -hmm. ways I remember when I was pregnant I would get on calls from work and I'd be like I can't even find the word I'd be like I'm just gonna stop the sentence I'm saying because I don't know the word can't even explain what the word is Oh yeah. And I'm just ending the sentence. The, the brain farts. I'd be like, okay, you know, that thing, like, and I would try to explain. And I was like, I can't think of what that word is called. What is that word called? Somebody yeah. Give me a freaking bone. Like, what am I trying yeah. to say right now? Um, it's so uh, true. Um, uh, what, and this just like perfectly leads into, I love so much that like from the start, you made it very clear that you wanted to share with your social platform, I'm pregnant and I'm going to like take you on the real journey of what that looks like. And we were talking about this before we started recording of, you know, I loved getting to be a part of that and like see it from afar. And I wish I had someone such as a role model as yourself to have seen what you were sharing because you talked about the highs and the lows and the wildest rides of pregnancy. And then now you're taking everyone along with you into postpartum and the fourth trimester and navigating motherhood. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that journey through pregnancy. And, you know, you talked a little bit about how once you met your husband, that was kind of when you first realize like maybe you do want to have kids and like that evolution and then getting pregnant and you know I I just think you do such a great job of sharing all of those parts and I'd love for you to go a little bit more into that yeah definitely it's so funny because I think when I started sharing I didn't realize like how involved I would be sharing or what my experience would be like, like <laughs> that's cute, Liz. Um, People were invested. <laughs> like when you were close to your due date, everyone's like, Colin's watch, where is she? 
I have, I don't think I've had so much um, engagement and views of things. Like I'm like, when she grows up, I'm going to tell her like, she was like, you know, when like SeaWorld or something will have like an animal that's born, you know, and like, a, or at the zoo, they're waiting for somebody. Like, I felt like that's what it was like when I was dark and people were like freaking out. But anyways, because I, I honestly, so interesting, especially just like expectations with around pregnancy in general. I think that's like where I should start is that like, I, I didn't know if I wanted to ever ha- have kids, not that I like know was ever on the table but I just like I never met anybody that I was like oh yeah they would be a good dad or that's somebody I want to create a life with or whatever and I didn't have a relationship with my my own biological dad and so I I'm very like much a realist when it comes to like big life decisions like I'm not just going to do this to do this um and I also joke with my sister I took care of her and my well now he's 13 year old but he was six weeks old and colicky I took over her daycare um, for six weeks as like a 23 year old. And I think it scarred me for like life, you know, I was like, that was the hardest shit I've ever done. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, when I met my husband, we both kind of were on the same page. Like there wasn't really a timeline, but we like knew that we like wanted to create a life together and what that looked like. We didn't really know, even now we don't know if we'll have another one, but we're, you know, we've had our one. Um, so yeah, when I met him though, I was just like, God, he would be such a good dad. And um, I just think we'd be such a partnership with like parenting. I didn't ever want to like, be alone in my parenting either. Um, so when we got pregnant, it was kind of just like, it was just kind of like, let's just try. I always call it having adult sex. Like, let's just like, have adult sex, like how it's meant to be had and see what happens. Um, and I was 35 and, you know, you hear things again about being older. Um, I will say right now, don't, I mean, science is science. I was 35. It did not take us that long to get pregnant. And I was, you know, you just, you just never know. So we got pregnant. And I mean, the day I feel like I got pregnant, like everything changed, like right there. Like, I was just like, when they say that, like, truly I like read pregnant and mind you, I had been tracking my period for a long time just to like, cause I thought it was irregular. My doctor was like, well, just track it and see mm-hmm. if it really is. And then it was kind of like, there was an outlier and I was like, oh, this looks like pregnancy. So I took a pregnancy test from the little market downstairs. It wasn't a digital one. It said I wasn't pregnant. And so I was like, okay. So I like ordered some off Amazon, like the clear blue ones, mm-hmm. went for a walk, said it like the package arrived. We had a lady who cleaned their house. She was here. I went in the bathroom and I like took a pregnancy test and I'm like, it said pregnant. And I was like, this was like, just kind of like a in passing thing I was doing. So I texted my husband. I was like, could you come to the bathroom? <laughs> so like I told him like while well, our cleaning lady was here and we were like just crying in the bathroom, like calling our family. And mm-hmm. it was just such a um I did not have that on tape because I was like that I, I think I was out of my mind. <laughs> um but You're it was like, so exciting. Wait, what? <laughs> I know I couldn't process it. I was like, we're like, and I was like crying. He's like, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm happy, but I'm like, what, what the hell? Um but yeah, the minute that that happened, I mean, I just feel like even a couple weeks later is when I started to feel pretty sick. Um, and I remember going on a walk and being like, oh, I feel like really like nauseous. And Dan's like, are you sure it's not like the placebo effect? Cause now you know you're pregnant. Like you just like, you know, and I was like, no, I'm like sick. And I was sick. Mm. If people follow me on Instagram, they know that I was sick for like a good, like four months and it was really hard. I was like down and out. Uh, it was really hard for me. I I think I had like first trimester, like depression. Um, I know people talk about like a lot of like postpartum, 
I feel like I had it in retrospect looking back um, first trimester. I mean, there are some mm. videos of me crying on Instagram, quite sad. Like, I'm like, oh my God, you poor thing. It was just really hard for me because my hormones were all over the place. I woke up every day feeling like I had like the worst hangover, hangover ever. We had just been in quarantine for two weeks and then kind of found out everything was like we were in it, you know? So mm. March 30th, I found out I was pregnant. And so we, everything shut down the 17th. So processing the pandemic, processing the new pregnancy with my hormones, with the illness. And I really did take to sharing to Instagram because again, community being so important to me, I was like, I can't see anybody. I can't really even like, I couldn't tell people for a while, which I will say, if I do this again, I'll tell people from the beginning. I know people say either way, like to wait 13 weeks or whatever, but I felt the worst in the beginning. And I wish Mm -hmm. I would have told people right away because whether I would have had a miscarriage or things wouldn't have worked out, I would have wanted the support around me anyways. I agree with that a hundred percent. My husband, he's like, doesn't understand that. And I'm, I had this conversation actually with Sarah Schultz about it and how we have this pressure to like, keep it a secret until you get through the first trimester, but you're going to want your people in your corner, no matter what. And yeah, your first trimester, you feel the worst and it can go longer, but you have that sickness. And for me, I actually was very sick and I work at a gym and my staff is a lot younger. And I had only told my like two full-time employees. And then one of the boys was like, God, you've been really sick. I had to go to the hospital at one point. And he was like, I just don't get it. Like what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm pregnant. And he was like, what? And he's like 23. (laughs) So like, that was like not where his head was. And I'm like, yeah, dude. (laughs) But I was like eight weeks and I'm like, I can't not tell people. And it's, it, yeah, I totally agree with that. Sorry. Not to know. I know. I like it. it, it, It's so true. And it's like, again, it's like suffering in silence. Like, I feel like there's so many people like yourself, myself, more women than we know that are like going through it. And some people don't have that again, everybody has their own experience. And that's why, like, I wanted to like share mine because Mm -hmm. it is like unique to who we are as like a woman, like you just can't predict it. I had so many people tell me that was an easy pregnant pregnancy and that I was going to be so fit and I was going to work out to the end and blah, 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 blah. The exact opposite was my journey. And to this day still is the exact opposite of, of the expectations others set for me and that I set for myself, um, which is really hard in itself. Um, but yeah, from the beginning, it was like, I want people to, I wanted people to know because my poor husband, like I was, I would just cry all the time. And he mm. felt like so helpless because it's like, what can you really do? And you can't you just pound saltine crackers and lay horizontally and like <laughs> hold for the best. Literally so, so many saltines and ginger ale. So many saltines yes. and ginger ale. Like it makes me kind of ill thinking about it. And I even have the photos from when we announced like our pregnancy. I can't even look at them because it gives me this like sick feeling. Like I just got actually like chills thinking about it because like they're like, I I just can recall so much like how much Mm -hmm. every day I was kind of pushing through um and so it was like at like exact like 12 week mark or something I was like I gotta tell everybody and it was so much easier for me like share through Instagram because I did I felt like I had support and I had all these like really interesting conversations with people and I I think I do a good job of like telling people like I'm sharing not to compare but just to 
tell my story mm-hmm. and then, you know, hear from other people if there's no right or wrong. And so I got into a lot of like really great conversations and I was like really supportive, like through such a hard time because I'm really into working out. I couldn't work out my whole pregnancy. I walked like that, mm-hmm. like for the past year, like, I don't know whenever in my life that was like the thing, but I, I honestly couldn't. And so mentally I was like, okay, how am I going to make, I feel like my mental health is the worst it possibly could be right now but I can't do the one thing that like makes me feel good. Yeah. I couldn't keep my nutrition like going well either. So I again, I was just eating carbs like all day long. Meat wasn't appealing to me. Like everything, like my whole script just like flipped mm-hmm. and you're supposed to like deal with it, but it was just really kind of heavy. And so I think finally towards the end, like when I was like, you know, nine months, I was like, okay, I'm finally like accepting this, but um, I'm one of those people that I was like, outwardly say like I didn't love being pregnant because it was really hard for me um mentally and physically during the pandemic without my community around me was the exact opposite of what I you know thought and those expectations I think made it even harder for me to Mm -hmm. kind of accept it so I made the word surrender be my word for 2020 because I every time I encountered something I was just like oh my god this is so hard but I just had to like let it happen to me um but that being said, I was so lucky because I had such a healthy pregnancy. Like everything that was happening to me, although I was like really sick, it, it was the product of a healthy baby that was growing mm-hmm. inside of me. And so um, I had to always keep coming back to gratitude too. That was another thing. Like just be grateful that you are able to be home and you are able to be horizontal when you're on these calls sometimes, you know, or like that you're, you know, you're not doing five events a week, um, you know, running to the bathroom to throw up. But it was also like, but do I want to be around those people too? Maybe that would have helped me, you know, pull myself out a little bit. Like I go back and forth with it all the time about my experience, but I, I, I think I was meant to be pregnant during this time because it made me grow in like so many different ways. Mm. It, I, I think too, like pregnancy is so hard and isolating in and of itself. And then to navigate that during COVID and, I think you leaning into a community that is a public community, it can feel scary and uncertain, but I think what you did so well was you were very like, this is my journey. This is what I'm experiencing. I'm not saying this is how you have to do it, or I'm not saying this is what your journey is going to be. You were very much like, this is Liz's journey. And like, I'm just giving it to you like as it's happening. And I think that was like, really a beautiful way of doing it versus because I think you shared too about sometimes people giving you like feedback maybe or unsolicited advice and I think that's hard (laughs) it's a really hard thing when you're pregnant and I think you're empowering other women by telling them like you get to do it on your terms right there's not a perfect way there's not a right way and I believe in that too. I think there's so much pressure that we're supposed to do it X, Y, Z way. And that's, that's not the case. And exactly as you were talking, like every pregnancy is different. I think people see active people get pregnant and they think you're going to have this pregnancy journey such as this. And that is not true. There's no way for anyone to know what your pregnancy is going to be like. And every pregnancy is different. Even like if you have a second, it could be very different. And I think that's the thing to remember is it it's everyone's own unique journey. Yeah, completely. And I am now so mindful when I talk to people that are expecting or ask me about getting pregnant. 
and they'll ask me questions. I'm like, shit, I like share from my experience because I had so many people tell me so many like matter of fact things. Mm -hmm. I think we're used to thinking that what happens to us is going to happen to everybody else. Like, oh my gosh, like um, you'll be back to like your pre-baby weight three to six months or like, oh yeah, like you're definitely having a girl if you're that sick or all like all of these things, Um, which yes, in some cases they're true, right? Like there's, there's a reason why people say some of these things, but it's so unique. And like, I didn't think I was going to have a C-section like, like you, like I, mm-hmm. I had a C-section and I was so like positive that I wasn't going to, and I didn't think I was going to go to 41 weeks. And it's just like all these things that you don't necessarily know until you're in it. So I always tell people too, and I hope that by me sharing that other women and other moms will start to shift how they share things with people. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can set up like a lot of like false hope or, you know, or it could be like the fear. Like a lot of people was like, Oh, well sleep. Your, your insomnia is, um, preparing you for the baby not to sleep. Well, my baby actually sleeps pretty well right now, but my insomnia was hell. And I wish somebody would have just been like, just validated. Like, I'm sorry. Like that really sucks. Like, you know, because I don't necessarily think that it's preparing you for the baby. I think our bodies do what they do. You know, I, I don't know why I got insomnia my third trimester. I don't think anybody else does either, but I think when we put project that fear on people too, like it gave me a lot of anxiety towards the end and I'm not an anxious person. I'm like, I'm like, shit, I'm not going to, I'm going to sleep less than this. And like, we know sleep deprivation, when you wake up, you like literally feel crazy. So I'm thinking that it's going to be just, just absolute hell. And I, mm-hmm. again, my baby has slept pretty well and I'm sleeping better than I did in my third trimester. And I'm like, God, I shouldn't have worried about that. But I did because of what people told me. And so I think it's just really important to share and like, ask people how much they want to hear. How much do you, how much detail do you want? Like I can give you probably a long and short answer to like everything mm-hmm. in my experience, but like asking people, because you don't know when people are pregnant, like what their state of mind is. I, I feel like postpartum has been, it's been hard, but it's been easier because I feel more mentally stable. But when I was pregnant, I was very emotional. Little things could like set me off. If like people, you know, said things or asked, I don't know, just like inside I would get like really sad or worried or whatever mm-hmm. um so we just don't know what people are dealing with and I think it's you have to be really compassionate and amp- empathetic and ask mm-hmm. how you can support people more than just like tell them what their experience is going to be like and I will say I think a lot of people do that because they want to share about like oh this is this is what happened to me and I do want to like, just share and I don't think it always comes from a bad place um but I just say mindfulness like when words are coming out of your mouth what are you saying and who are you saying it to mm-hmm. um and I just think that's so important yeah it's it's definitely like motherhood and all of the parts about it is just so interesting because it's one of those things where it feels like this there's this linear path and everyone's going to be traveling on it but that is so not true at all and so it feels like there's all these certain things that like we're supposed to be doing during pregnancy and that our birth is supposed to happen a certain way and our postpartum is supposed to happen a certain way and then we we take that like idea and then we like put it out onto other people even if like maybe we didn't have that experience I think that's one thing that I found so interesting is a lot of, I think of the movie, I don't know, have you ever seen What to Expect When Expecting? 
Yeah. That's like that movie for me, I was like hit the nail on the head because um, Elizabeth Banks so badly wants to be pregnant and have like the pregnancy glow. And then she gets pregnant and it's like not what she expected at all. And it's so true. You, you, you think that it's going to be this certain way because for so long, I feel like we were conditioned to believe like the pregnancy glow and it's this beautiful thing. And only like really recently are people sharing exactly how you were of that's not the case for everybody. And it's not going to be the case for everybody. Um, and you know, you were talking about how for you, you working out was something that you thought you would be doing during pregnancy and you weren't able to do that. And I know you shared a lot openly about that in your stories and how that did impact you and your mental health. And what ways did you navigate that? Because that is a hard thing when something that is so a part of your day-to-day, it shifts and it's really not the way that you envisioned things going. And I think that's the hardest part with pregnancy is like we want to we want it to go a certain way, but it's just so we don't have that power. Yeah. And especially I feel like in pregnancy too. So I was just having this conversation with my mom because I just tried on a swimming suit I bought on Amazon. That was fun. Um, <laughs> but like, you're so out of control in the sense that like your hormones and like your body, like they run the show, right? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm not a control freak, but I had control over my workouts and my nutrition and my schedule and everything. And when I got pregnant, again, I had no control over anything. Um, And I had to like process it every day. I'm still, I think, processing it because I'm still just getting to working out again. I'm in a body that I don't love. And I like openly say that because I'm, I'm trying and I'm processing it. But when you don't get to take care of your body the way you normally do, and you also grew a human, um, that's another thing, like, we're supposed to just like, love this body. Like I was like, you grew a human life. You should just love it. And like during pregnancy there, people would be like, just, you know, just relax, use this time to, you know, just not be as intense. I'm like, you're like telling me to like <laughs> totally switch off who I am innately, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really hard. And I think every day I did, I came back to gratitude and I, but a lot of these are really hard for me. I, I didn't like love like this curvy feminine body it was so weird people would be like well don't you love like your new curves and your new body I'm like not really I was like I that's not how my body naturally sits and I just felt um more around run down and energized not as energized um I don't have like an answer to like what I did necessarily because I think every day I just kind of had to process it and my walks were probably like the biggest thing when I felt mm-hmm. well enough to just get outside and to walk. And that made me feel so good, not only physically, but just mentally. Um, and I do a lot of self-talk. I did a lot of self-talk before I was pregnant, just about like loving myself and empowering mm-hmm. other people and just gratitude and all of that. And so through pregnancy, I carried that with me. Um, I'm not a big like meditation person. My walks are my meditation. That's mm-hmm. kind of where I do my best, like thinking and reflecting. So I would say it's like active meditation, but that was probably the most beneficial thing for me. But I think that's also why my pregnancy was so hard because I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know um, like what would be another outlet for me to feel as good as I normally, you know, felt moving my body and eating healthy because I was eating a lot of pastries and um, just make, trying to make myself feel like 
not sick every day mm-hmm. kind of thing. So um, yeah, and then now into postpartum, I'm still processing it because again, living in this body and I have to let it recover from a C-section um, and talking to myself every day, like talking to myself, like I would talk to somebody else who was mm-hmm. 11 weeks postpartum is what I'm working on. Like I get like choked up, like thinking about it right now, because it's very hard for me to do. I feel that. And I understand that being, having been in the, sh- in your shoes and I'm a year postpartum and our bodies are always going to be postpartum. And I think that's, that was like something I read recently of we had a baby. So we're always, we're always technically postpartum. Our body has changed and it's, it's, it's a really challenging, it's a challenging thing. I I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, it really is. And I'm a big advocate of therapy, um, but I haven't been talking to somebody recently, which I should, um, just because I think it's really nice to have that outside perspective and to bring in some logic because it's, again, hormones. I don't know what the heck they're doing to my body right now. I mean, I'm breastfeeding. So you get, you're in a different part of the roller coaster, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you don't, ha- I don't know how my body's going to respond to movement or to my nutrition. And so it's just kind of like, again, I feel a little bit out of control and just letting things happen to me. Um, but I think the more I'm honest about it and the more I speak about it and even just like verbalize it, it's like kind of healing. Cause mm-hmm. like you said, by sharing, like you find out that other people are going through things that you're going through as well, because with Instagram being amazing and wonderful and I love it, there's a lot of, um, false reality that's out there as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, how is that person look like that? And they're the same um, like weak numbers, me postpartum, like, I don't get it. It's like, okay, it's their genetics. It's Photoshop. It's God knows what it is, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's hard not to compare because you want to like snap your fingers and like have just be back to who you were. Um, but I'm in this, um, mother's group every Wednesday night. We were just talking about this, that it's like, I am a different person now and I should, I need to learn to love that, but it also, it doesn't happen overnight, but it's, a beautiful thing that I'm not the same person as I was a year mm-hmm. ago, you know, like I love seeing growth in my life. So this should be no different. Um, I just think that it's going to take me a bit of time to fully accept it. And I'm okay with that. Like I, I've learned to be kind of like neutral about things. So not every day do I have to be like, Oh my God, I love this body, but I can just be neutral and be like this body for the baby. It did amazing things. I'm going to go move my body and like, leave it at that. I don't need mm-hmm. to sit there and pick things apart or say, Oh, I wish, you know, I looked like mm-hmm. that myself five years ago or four years ago or a year ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's a big thing that women don't talk about because there's so much like bounce back culture, which I'm also trying to like by sharing that um, because we know, I say we don't bounce back. Like we heal, whether you had a vaginal birth or a C-section, like I did um, and you did. Um, we don't bounce back. Like that's not even, that's not even a thing. It's like, yeah, your body does remember, you know, there is muscle memory and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I think we should be kinder and the messaging should be like, first of all, mama heal from the mm-hmm. crazy journey that your body just went on. And I feel like if there was more of that, like, let's pamper a mom in that healing process and like just learn to heal and not focus on what the body looks like. Um, and you mentioned Sarah Schultz, um, in, in friends with her as well. And we talked about how 
the body is like so um, admired when there's a bump and there's a, you know, but then the minute the baby's out, mm. everybody kind of like forgets about the mom, first of all. And then also like that same body isn't like worshiped, like, oh my God, that's beautiful. It's like women become like ashamed of their stretch marks and of their mm. jiggle and of their new curves and stuff. And so I think that's something that's like been kind of like in culture. So of course we're going to like that shame is just automatically there. It's like, this isn't a beautiful body. It's kind of gross. Mm. You know, it's like what we, and which is so sad. And I hate when I like, I called myself fat the other day and I was like, I can't believe I did that. Like, that's not right in any sense, but it's like, it's just, you know, it's the truth. And it's like a lot of that shame and guilt, I think is built into hundreds of years of, you know, like women, like, and I think more so now it's because the physical imagery of women is so much like out there to be perfect. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's like, I sometimes, like you said, it's like, it's just tough and it's hard and it's, I, there's not an answer to how to change it, but that's why I share so much because I hope by sharing people will feel less alone and they'll feel more called to love themselves more by sharing and helping other people too, because that's really what is helping me is that I could help other people. It's mm. hard to be vulnerable. It's hard to, you know, even like show my body physically, but I know by doing it, I'm helping myself heal and I'm helping other people do the same. I, there's a few things that I want to touch on of first off kinder messaging. There's so much pressure around the bounce back and it, it, it's hard, even if you want to, even when we're telling ourselves, you know, we're okay with where we're at, we're constantly being fed this idea that we're supposed to get back to a certain point by X, Y, and Z month. And there's so much healing that needs to go on mentally and physically. And what you were talking about of, you know, let's pamper the mom. That's so important. I've made it a point when my friends have kids now, not just, Oh, how's the baby? Well, how are you? Like, how are you doing truly? Like, because it's so true. All of a sudden everyone's like, let me see the baby. How's the baby? And it's like, I'm like fucking exhausted crying right now, trying to get the baby to latch on my boob. Like, like I need a little bit of love right now too. Um, Seriously. I mean, exactly what you said, like the moms get forgotten. We do. And it's like, and I don't, and again, I don't think people do it intentionally. Like I'm always like, I just think it's something that's like, it's so it's, it's the, it's we're conditioned people in society Mm -hmm. are conditioned. Like there's this story that's been told to us, how pregnancy goes, how birth goes, um, what it's like afterwards. And like, just like this image of a mom and an image Mm of all of that. Um, but I think the more too, like, I think like as I'm just like advocating for myself, and like mm-hmm. speaking up and saying things like creating boundaries and like, I don't know. And it, when it's hard to do, but when people say those things, like, oh, you'll be, you know, back in like six months or whatever, like even being like, I don't want to put a timeline on that. And like, just kind of like not calling people out, but being like, I don't, because that's been the hardest thing for me is that so many people like set me up to kind of fail, like with what they said mm-hmm. to me. I don't want to, I'm not placing blame on them, but I, because of how fit I was before people were like, and it's still I still hear it you know like oh you know it's I'm sharing my physical transformation but for me it's a lot deeper than that it's like that's a part of 
everything. It's just the part that's easiest to show mm-hmm. when you're sharing, you know, but it's like, there's so much going on inside as well. And so I think people even comment on your physical body, like, that's also kind of weird, right? Like, I know yeah. I said it to moms, like, you look so great. Like when they had a baby, like, you know, whatever. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, I, I'm not going to say that anymore. Like people like, you look, re- you look great regardless. Like it's not about me. But we say mm-hmm. it all the time, like, oh, you look so great for having a baby just X number of months ago. And um, I don't know. I just, like, don't like it. I think it's because I've, like, experienced it. And I'm, like, it shouldn't be about that. It should be kind of just the bigger picture. Like, how is life? Like, how is having a family? Like, how is it, like, raising a human? And yeah. how was it, like, carrying life in your body? And um, so, again, it's it's myself to being mindful of the way I communicate because I communicated like other people did before as well. But now mm-hmm. that I've experienced it, I try to be a little bit more sensitive. And if I do say something in a wrong way, I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, let me take that back, say that differently. And like, kind of like own up to like <laughs> me trying to change this dialogue mm-hmm. that's happening. Well, and there's, I also think beyond just like the physical bounce back, there's also pressure around the like your mentality of like, you have a baby. Yay. And like, you're just supposed to be like, so happy. And we're supposed to just like put up this front. And I think you do a really wonderful job of like lifting that curtain and being like, Hey, like some days I feel like this. And some days I feel like that. And you might, and like, you're letting other people be like, wow, I felt, I feel that. Or you're, I, I just think it's such a important topic of like getting vulnerable, especially for moms, because the more women that show up the same way that you did, the more other women are going to feel empowered to do so. And then I think the culture is going to shift because it's going to help us to feel like we can actually talk about the hard days and the days that we are struggling mentally where you're having like a hard time in that postpartum stage. And I think we feel like we're supposed to be just so, and I, I, I think people are very happy that they have their baby in their arms, but I also think there, there are challenges and you are crying and you know, you're like, you're feeling X, Y, and Z. And like those feelings are valid. Yeah. I mean, it's like the most emotionally taxing job I've ever had you know like work you can like I don't know go talk to somebody and then like go whatever take a minute and breathe um especially when you're a new mom you want to be you want to be doing it well right like you have that pressure um Mm -hmm. and then you're also like and talking about like how much sleep you're getting like you know where's your mental state um with that and like you don't know this human yet so you're learning like I just say that I just came out of this fog that was like lifted after like eight weeks because I was just like in it you know and I don't even know how to explain how that felt but I feel like every day was just a really long day and one the other one mm-hmm. um and figuring out the baby in the beginning like yes they're cute but gosh they're like little ragers too you know it's like <laughs> I mean when I got home like there was one night where I was like pacing back and forth for five hours for my arms and my had fluid filled legs my feet were huge and I'm just like is this how it's going to be mm-hmm. I was like, hold it. And now being a little bit further out, I'm like, okay, we were learning. She was learning to be outside of my stomach, you know, and I was learning her. And so there are those really hard moments that are kind of inevitable because you don't know each other. You know, it's like when you first start dating somebody, it's usually a little like rocky in the beginning. You're like, (laughs) oh, 
you know, like yeah. that's who you are. Um, so yeah, I just think it's so important. And like, I'll say like, even the days I probably have the most makeup on my face is probably the day that was the hardest because that's when I need like, you know, some mm-hmm. uplifting, you know, and there were so many nights I cried over her bassinet where I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but it doesn't take away um, from how good it is. Like um, mm-hmm. there's this grief, grief therapist that um, locally her name is Kelly Grasslogs and she taught me like, living in the both and and so it's like you know like I'm both grateful and I'm really struggling you know and I think that's such a good mindset for moms to live in too because to to speak up and say you're struggling or you know I'm happy and I'm also kind of anxious Mm -hmm. um like those feelings can live together because I think people feel like they're bitching or they're just like not grateful and it's like no it's like we're all literally experiencing like highs and lows kind of at the same time or some days and you have just a shit day and you're like I can't wait till I can go to sleep so I can wake up because tomorrow will and it needs to be better mm-hmm. um but um collectively being a mom is amazing and great but it's like anything else in life like my, my relationship my husband and I are happy and amazing but it doesn't mean we're perfect and to be able to like you know share that and share and um like parenting like it's not always easy I've had so many conversations with women like just privately about like relationships changing too because that's not talked about Mm -hmm. Um, like everybody's just supposed to be like all hunky-dory and it's like no like you're going to struggle and you're probably going to feel less than in some area of either being a wife or being a mom and those are conversations that probably are never going to stop I say to my husband like we're probably gonna every time she has like a milestone or changes we're gonna need to like re kind of calibrate what our relationship looks like and what Mm -hmm. the dynamic dynamic looks like and all of that. So I don't know. I just, I, I think it's so easy for me to share because it's real. Right. And it's like, this is reality. There's Mm -hmm. nothing that isn't true that I'm sharing. This is just real life. And that is good enough, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it comes back to those expectations. I think if people have an expectation and their life isn't matching up to that, they don't feel like they want to share because maybe they feel like they failed or maybe that they are really sad about it or what have you. But I just would hope that everybody would learn to know that their reality is like good enough, whatever Mm. it is. That is such an important thing. What you said, your reality is good enough. And it's really about letting those expectations and pressures go because when we let those be the end all be all, that's when I feel that idea of failing creeps in or not good enough. And when you're able to step back and it it goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, when you're able to step back and be like, Hey, I'm going to be a mom and I'm going to be a Liz mom and I'm going to be an Alex mom. And that's going to be how things rock around here. And we're going to do it our own way, our own jam. And if it's not jiving with other people, like that's okay because they're not the ones in this family. Like they're not in the Kruger family. They're not in the Zahner family. Like we got to figure out what works for us. And I think that's, that's what I love about what you're saying is it's like your reality. You get to create it. You get to figure out what is working for you. And also like not feeling that pressure of that expectation, but instead just like, it is going to be hard, but like accepting accepting your reality and like some days are going to be highs and some days are going to be lows but like knowing that like 
that's your path and you get to live it. Yeah. I was like, if you're not going to like pay my bills for me or come watch my baby for me, like you don't get to like have a say Mm -hmm. in what I, what I am doing. Um, And I think too, it's like, we're all human. I don't know where this idea of like perfection is still like, even like the most beautiful, like put together person. I'm like, you are still a human. We are all like fucking up and having sad days and having great days. Like nobody can, nobody gets to escape that. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, how do we get people to like realize that it's like so weird too, with even like, again, just like come back to like Instagram culture, but it's like people build these lives that we look at and it's like they are just like us it's like Mm -hmm. we are all going through the same shit and it's like once you can just be honest with yourself and like realize that I think it becomes a lot easier because I even know like when I started like sharing stuff like publicly I was like oh my gosh okay well this person does this and I'm like you know what screw it I was like I just need to be myself Mm -hmm. and I think about who I follow and who I admire the people that are honest and that are raw I don't I don't think more highly of somebody because their life is perfect. I actually have a lot more questions, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but it's the people, you know, it's like, but the people that are just like real and wrong, like, Oh my God, I can relate. Like, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I think we've said it a million times, but there needs to be more of that um, to help us all. And I, I don't blame people who like try really hard to have that because I know the pressure is real um we're living in a time where pressure is on us in so many different ways especially as women in general um but yeah I just that's kind of like the message I try to put out there every day and again before pregnancy like just to like like be who you are be authentically you and that's going to allow all the people around you to be you know themselves as well and within that better relationships are harnessed and we can just all relax and live a little bit more freely and not have, you know, so much like anxiety about if we're Mm -hmm. doing life right, because who made the rules anyway? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And that ties into all aspects of life, just showing up as who you are and being authentically you. That's when you're gonna, you're gonna empower others to do that too. And that's when like true connection comes into play. And that's when you have like a really awesome community behind you when they know that you're showing up as yourself. Yeah, I know. I'm like, that's, I think about like when I have, when I'm having like the most fun and when I like, and when I have like the best people around me, and I think that's like now being 36, I've kind of created that in my life. I only have people around now that like are those humans. Mm -hmm. Like I talk openly about my struggles with all the people in my life. And I also talk about it publicly on Instagram, same thing, but I, it all translates. It's all like, I'm not one person with these people. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's different with others. It's like, even my Instagram community is like this group of people. That's a large community that are all like, like like-minded. And I've curated that because of just being who I am and people that aren't like-minded or whatever, they just kind of, I think, you know, fade away. It's not interesting (laughs) to them and same goes with life. Like, I've changed a lot. So I don't have the same friends I had when I was 23. Um, and I think that just comes with the growth too. And then just being more confident in who I am and not having to have people around me just to have them there. I want people that are going to like support and lift me up. Um, and I found that out tenfold being pregnant and now being a mom. It's like, I need 
moms. I didn't even know I had so many moms that followed me or people that were moms. It's just like mm-hmm. when you buy a white car, you start seeing all the white cars. That's how I feel like I now have all these mom friends and I'm like, oh my God, so sorry. I didn't see you before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so necessary. And what you're talking about, like with that growth and bringing in like the right people versus like, I feel when we're in that earlier stages of life, it's like quantity sometimes get like this pressure and idea of like having like so many people in our circle, but it's actually like when you start to grow and you start to step into like who you are and who you're meant to be, that's when it's going to like shift from that quantity and like to the quality of people in your life and in your corner. Yeah. And I mean, I don't got time for for like all the, you know, I'm like Mm -hmm. thinking about that. Like what you went out with the baby, when you say like your time does change. And so you really start to reprioritize like what makes you happy, who makes Mm -hmm. you happy and like where you want to spend your time because 24 hours, we found out it's not that long and I'm tired a lot these days because I, I'm in a new phase. And so it's like, where do I want to put that energy when mm-hmm. I do have it? Um, and I think that's so important for like our mental health too, because I was somebody who did everything and all the things before I had a baby because I had the capacity for it, but now I don't necessarily have the capacity for it. And my energy needs to go into other areas of my life. So it's like, who are the people that are going to be around me to help me through this and who I can help. Um, and like, it becomes like an extended family. I feel like with being older, when you have the right people, it's just like so much easier to live life even when it's hard. Mm-hmm. If you could go back to March, 2020 and tell yourself one thing, like going into pregnancy and motherhood, what would you tell Liz one year ago? I would say buckle up, (laughs) (laughs) but I would just, honestly, I would say to um, realize that what you're about to embark on is a beautiful, but temporary journey um, that will be challenging, but will crack your heart open more than you ever knew possible um and that you can do hard shit Mm. the hard shit is just going to be different than you've ever encountered before so yeah I I just think again like really just telling ourselves and I, I I wish I could tell moms now like just be kind to yourself and don't put those expectations in place just if you can be present um and process the good and the bad like you'll be better for it and I'm I'm still waiting to look back and go it's gonna be okay like I'm not I'm still in that like Mm -hmm. middle phase but I can't wait to be like a year from now to look back and be like oh you poor thing like I wish I could have you know helped you during that time but I have to go through this um to be better be better for it after. So, um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I didn't want any of what happened to me to happen to me and still the, the mental part of it and physical part of it. I just don't think, um, I'm a hundred percent like there yet. I'm not on the other side yet. I'm still, I'm still very much in it and that's okay. Mm-hmm. My last question for you is what is the ripple that you want to create? <sighs> the ripple I want to create just give me a minute so I can just, I'm like, I don't want to just say the, 
mm-hmm. first thing that comes to my mind because that's not always the best thing. <laughs> no. uh, um, I want women, whether they're going to be a mom or not, because I think it's not for everybody. Um, I want them to be okay, actually more than okay with the reality that they're choosing for themselves. Um, Mm. And if I can urge them with my like ripple effect to share what you can share um, doesn't always have to be as raw as, and as vulnerable as the next person. It could maybe be just, you know, I don't know, a few words or it could be a picture or it could be just sharing with somebody close to them, just being vulnerable so others can do the same. Mm, that's a, a, an amazing ripple. And if you're listening and you're feeling inspired from Liz's ripple and you want to share something, you can tag us on social media and let us know what you're sharing out into the world, because that is such a huge ripple. Um, and you're, you're creating a ripple every time that you share Liz. And I hope you realize the impact truly that you're making on so many women and probably men too. You're really opening up and educating people on the experience and journey through pregnancy, um, postpartum and into motherhood. And I'm grateful for you and all that you've shared. And lastly, where can the listeners find you? On Instagram at we are the Krugers and Krugers has an E in it. And I will, I'll take it in the show notes. So make sure to go give Liz a follow. That's all we've got for you on today's episode. Until then, let's go out and start creating ripples. Bye.